Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is episode number 103 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here with your host, it's Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. Am I alone today? Can you hear anyone else out there? Nope. We are here with Mr. McQuine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, Matt is back. Back again. Ooh. Let's make dick jokes. Something else. Those are the words, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the words of that song. I don't even know what the song's called. It's, it's something vaguely, uh, vaguely Eminem flavored, isn't it? That I, is it Stan? That one? No, that's a tease gone cold. I'm wondering why. Get out oh yeah, that's it. No, in that case, I used to know this. I like, like, I was big into Eminem when I was like fifteen. I can't remember. I think we all were, mate. I think I think that's a, a rite of passage as a, yeah. uh, as, a as a a child growing up in the UK around ten <laughs> ten or so years ago. Yeah, like I, he's the one rap artist I've ever been able to kind of listen to and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. and like, he kind of segues into some others as well, doesn't he? Because he he did the stuff with D Twelve, and you're like, oh, maybe I can get on board with Dre and Snoop Dogg and. And yeah, then I found guitar, and it was like, yeah, this actually makes more sense. I'm far too yeah. white to be listening to to those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh that's rap talk for today. Um, <laughs> tune in next week. <laughs> oh shit, man. So it's been a little while, hasn't it, Matt? It has. It's been a couple of weeks. It has. Oh, it has. It has. Um, how have you been, man? Good, good. Uh, working hard, but, you know, always doing that. But yeah, everything's good. Good this end anyway. Fantastic. So you've uh, you've been, uh, not only have you been busy in terms of work, but you've been you've been a busy man in terms of, like, doing guitar-y stuff as well, haven't you? I have. I've, I, I like, you remember at the start of the year where I said, like, I don't need to buy anything else. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've stopped telling myself that lie. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I've had some new purchases. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Right. So, um, so, so, what have we what have we got to start off with? Let's uh, let's kick it off with one of these new purchases, and we'll right. We'll go for the least exciting one first, just to keep, make sure that people keep listening for the more exciting ones. Okay. So. The least exciting one is uh, for the first time in my life I'm going to use an expression pedal. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you was going so the I'm... other way with this, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so expression pedals are very utility, aren't they? They're they're a step up from buying uh, from buying a, a, a four way plug adapter that's surge protected. Yeah. But it's it's just it's not not much further. Yeah. Well, that's like I I. Basically, I've never kind of need. Well, certainly never needed one. I never particularly thought, you know, oh, this is something that I'm going to do. But um, the new band wants to put Lonely Boy in the set by Black Keys. And oh, I'm just going to smile and nod. So I'm going to pretend that I know uh, what that means. Okay, so the the intro to that has an open e, open low E that then gets dropped an octave on a whammy. Oh, okay, and I don't have a whammy. Um, but the Line 6 M5 on my board has a pitch 
what do they call it? Pitch slide, I think they call it. Okay. But yeah, it, it's whammy mode. Like um, you can go two octaves down, two octaves up. I mean, the the uh, the the line six naming scheme is usually quite funny, and I'm surprised they didn't call it like the wiggle or something. Yeah. No. No. Nothing like that. It's it's literally called pitch. So the pitch shift or pitch slide. Um. But yeah. Um. And it's like really simple to do. So I bought the the. Electro Harmonics um, expression pedal because um, it was the cheapest one from a brand that I trusted. Um, there were a lot of very cheap ones that you could find online, but I was like, yeah, let's not go with like some manufacturer in China I've never <laughs> yeah. heard of. Dong <laughs> and, expression. Yeah, and like the the other the other ones, like I didn't particularly want one of the fold out ones, so I didn't go for Moore or Hotone either. Because um, they've got some like yeah. fold-out ones, but so, again, the sole press or something is—is is it for a uh, hot one? I yeah, think or, or something yeah. like that. It is, and yeah, I it, the the fold-out nature just to me worries me a little bit. I think. Well, it defeats the point of it, doesn't flimsy. it? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you need to fold it out, you need that space for it to fold out anyway. So it's not really yeah. saving any <laughs> any space. Yeah, and like my, my plan is not to put this on. It's not being mounted on the board. Um, I'll explain why in a second. But um, so it's it's just going to stay separate from the board. Like I say, initially the plan was to only use it with one track, um, which is uh, a black keys cover. I've since actually found that when you can use an expression pedal to change the wah sounds like a normal wah pedal in the Outline 6 M5, there's some really good wah sounds in there. Okay, yeah. So rather than um, digging out my um, crybaby, wherever that is, um, I'll probably end up... I've, in fact, I've already made a patch. Um, so the, the M5, if you hit both the buttons, you you get a bank of like 22 patches yes yeah, yeah set up so patch one is going to be this whammy patch two i've got the voc their their version of the vox wire which is called the chrome wire <laughs> oh yeah I, rem- I remember this one from the because uh, the uh the amplify footboard has got a, v- a very similar naming system and it actually gives you the the pictures as well so <laughs> so there's no getting around what that was yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I am. I've set up that as kind of like if I need a wah sound. And the good thing is you can like reduce the sweep so that your heel isn't that horrible kind of sound that you can't hear at all. So you yeah, can change yeah, the yeah, frequencies, yeah. Um, which I've done with that setting as well. Um, which is really easy to do. Like I was expecting to have to like program in stuff and all you do is put the heel of the expression pedal to where you want it yeah, to be and then, and then adjust, then the, knob, adjust the knob and then yeah. put the toe down and then adjust the knob again and then it just goes between yeah, those two settings yeah that's and a pleasant that, sweep i'll have that yeah yeah i mean that's um, how it should be great. really uh yeah I, I mean there are some people who like wedge stuff under the heel of their uh their cry babies so that it doesn't uh doesn't have as far back a sweep you know well if it sounded good across the entire sweep, you wouldn't have to do that. You wouldn't have to be as careful with you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I've I've picked that up. Um, 
I've also now started setting patches up where I put it on a delay just so that I can make some weird and wonderful sounds. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're whether, making whether I use that yeah. lot. If you're making the effort for, for a whammy and a wah, it's only like another couple of button presses to make it for a stupid delay, isn't it? Exactly. And like, I'm actually finding that I, like, I'm far more excited about delay than I have been ever before because I can just make those weird without having to bend down and twiddle knobs I mean speaking of which actually um, uh, between this cast and last cast you've released a, a video on uh, on the Budget Pedal Chap channel about a delay as well didn't you? I did. I did. did the, I think I talked about it on the last cast, did but you? it wasn't released by the time we were talking about it anyway. Yeah, and you you did some of that, and it said it sounded really good. <laughs> yeah, and now I can do that, but without having to twiddle knobs. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's so cool. Oh, <laughs> the uh, the Dutch accents back out. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of purchase number one. Is I've bought the expression pedal. And I'm now learning how to use an expression pedal. Um, and like I say, making some weird sounds. Um, I also had to get the loop station on the on my main pedal board. We discussed last time that I was doing Wish You Were Here. Um, and I've put a video in the, the group chat um, where I need to loop the 12-string bit so I can then change to a six-string acoustic and play the intro solo um, whilst having the 12-string bit in the background for Wish You Were Here. So the loop station needed to go on the board. So I'd ripped the entire pedal board. Everything came off it apart from the power supplies, and I started again from scratch. And it was also... The reason I, I took everything off was because Joe was from Hello Sailor was whinging on Instagram that every time <laughs> he saw my pedal board, it gave him like anxiety attacks because nothing was straight. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I started rewiring probably... Wednesday of last week um, and I've been using the, the pedal patch pedal cables, pedal patch UK is it? Yeah, pedal patch, yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, pedalpatch.co.uk uh, for those guys, there you go, there's a plug you get that one free, Phil <laughs> Yeah, um, and they're really easy to use, really easy to make um, I have found that if you're not concentrating and using the wrong size screwdriver, you can thread one of the screws. <laughs> but that was totally my fault and nothing to do with the product at all. Yeah. But I yeah, I used a screwdriver that was the wrong size for the head and stripped one of the heads, so I had to order um I basically I I bought enough um for eight patch cables. Yeah, yeah. Realised that I've got like 17 pedals on my board and that's not enough. Yeah. So I had to do an extra order. The maths I had to order an extra. Yeah, I had to order an extra one on top of what I needed because <laughs> I'd, I'd stripped the head of one because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder how many times, uh, how many times he's had that happen. Like ordering an odd number of, uh, of the heads. <laughs> Thinking. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that doesn't work. I mean, he, he didn't question it. I mean, what he what he did do, and this is fantastic customer service, was I I ordered an, another eleven um, yeah. of the things, and he's like, "Look, it's thirty quid for eleven, or thirty three quid for eleven, or thirty quid for another 
another set with 10 in it plus another three meters of cable yeah so he sent me another set with three meters of cable plus the extra one. Oh, um, what a ledge without charging me any extra or saying anything so he just he sent me a message saying look you've paid for 11 that mm. all that also would be the price for 11 with another three meters of cable so here's another three meters of cable and it means that if I when I come to rewire the board, I've got like yeah, maybe yeah. a foot left of the cable from the other from the original pack and a whole new cable to kind of to go at it again. So, um, like I say, fantastic customer service on his part. Yeah, I mean, I, I've only ever ordered from him. I've not had to deal with the customer service side, but I've I've heard that he's an absolute absolute gent, and I've had a chat with him as well. He seems like an absolute stand up guy. Um, yeah, yeah. His whole mission is like, he just said like patch cables were just, they were so fiddly in terms of like the the setup for them and you could, there were so many ways that you could fuck them up um, and they were really, really expensive and he was just like, that shouldn't be the case, they are simple cables. So he, he went about designing these, uh, designing these uh, patch cables that were just really, really simple and any old idiot could do it. Um, yeah, and and you're definitely right. Any idiot can do it because <laughs> yeah. I've done it. I've put I've put a whole. Like I said, I'm that much of an idiot that I <laughs> threaded one of the screws because I used the wrong type of screwdriver. But um, yeah, like absolutely, really simple. Like I was worried the wire is very thin compared to a normal guitar cable. Yeah, yeah. The, the cable is very thin, but it just makes it that much easier to work with. It makes it easier to bend around corners. Um, and the great thing, like, the thing that always frustrated me about pedal uh, patch cables is they always have it with the right angles facing in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. And nine times out of ten, I want them facing in opposite directions. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Because and they're, they're not level, are they? They're, they're at different, like, different manufacturing. Yeah, they're totally different angles. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that with these, like you put it in and you bend 90 degrees. And if you want to bend 90 degrees right, you bend 90 degrees right. If you want to bend 90 degrees left, you bend 90 degrees. Like it's something that I've never thought about before, about how annoying it is with, with like patch cables. Yeah, because doing it actually, you, you're twisting the cable and that's that's where breakages happen, isn't it? And, and that's why people get problems. Like I, I was worried that, you know, solderless was going to mean that they're going to be prone to, to, to dropping out. Yeah, yeah. Um, bearing in mind that this is my first time ever cutting cables to length and putting a pedal board together, and I've done it with zero failures straight away, first time. You literally you push the end in. You can feel once it's kind of sitting in the right thing. You then bend it to ninety degrees and screw in, or you can just keep it at that level, and um, you can have it instead of being at a right angle, you can have it a like just straight in and out like you would if you needed for a loop switcher. Yeah. Um, really simple to use. They feel good quality. Like I say, they're, they're working first time and they're so low profile. I've got pancake jacks from one of the big manufacturers. I can't remember who. Van Damme <laughs> Cables it is. In yeah. fact, I've got Van Damme pancakes that take up more space than these. Um, they're just absolutely incredible um and it's just allowed it's actually allowed me to get an extra pedal on my board and 
I, I decided, well, if there's space for a pedal, <laughs> I'll buy a pedal. And when in Rome, some, eh? <laughs> yeah. So I, I was thinking about, I was like, what, what do I need? And then after we had a band practice last week with a new band, and afterwards we said, right, let's just sit down and write a dream set list. So everybody chip in songs. If we, if anybody doesn't like a song for whatever reason, it gets struck off the list, and we'll write down and we'll get thirty songs on a list. And there's some songs on that list that don't particularly need guitars, that don't really have guitars on them. Yeah. But what they do have is maybe a saxophone or a trumpet or some form of brass, or it's got, like, choral stuff in the background and stuff like that. And... I since they were Electro Harmonics released the Mel Nine, I've always wanted one. Yeah, you've wanted the excuse. Yeah, and and this gave me an excuse to buy one. Yeah, you're like, and it's hang on, lads, coming. hang on, I've got a solution for these. <laughs> it's coming exactly the right time because I did a load of trial hours for the job that I did. Plus, I worked a week for them in May. But because I only only done only done a, a week in May, I didn't get paid for it in May. So my June salary had an extra week's <laughs> salary plus forty six hours of trial, which was basically a bonus. And that sounds like a Mel Nine sized uh, chunk of change. That doesn't it? it? It was a Mel Nine sized chunk of change that the Mel Nine arrived today, and I've. Um, been messing about with it and I'm not sure if you've seen the video that I uploaded to the Fret Talk podcast group about 10 minutes before the call started. No, I did not know. I was I was I was busy writing a podcast unfortunately. So so I put the Mel 9 in flute mode and then did a short video saying if you want to know how to make this sound with a guitar, listen to the podcast on Monday. Oh, I'll check um, it out. So I put it in I put it in flute mode and I did the intro for Stairway. Oh, cool. <laughs> so you've got all that kind of like yeah, because that was a Mellotron, wasn't it? Back. Yeah, and it's the flute mode from a Mellotron on the record, so I just did that, but played it, played it with a guitar. Nice. I'm going to check that out, yeah. I'm not going to spoil yeah. your surprise as well. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I've been dicking around with that for the last, like, four hours. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like... I, I was I was exactly the same as you, where I was, I was really interested in... But not only the Mel Nine, but the the B and C. B and C Nine. Yeah, and there was a a synth nine as well, weren't there as well? Key Key Nine. Was it a Key Nine? Yeah, there you go. Uh, that one I weren't so much interested in. It was it was more like the the organ sounds that really yeah. really got me. And I thought, and the Mellotron actually. But I thought like, yeah, one day, one day I'll get one. I'll find an excuse and I'll get one. Yeah. The excuse has yeah for you the I've dreams the excuse. dreams come true hasn't it <laughs> yeah well basically like there's some really old old stuff so like um, we're doing a Fats Domino track oh cool um, is it Blueberry oh, Hill it by any chance it is Blueberry Hill nice. and obviously there's a lo- there's a load of like trumpet in the background of that and there's no guitar yeah 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 um, so I like I'll stick that it'll either be in like. It's got a brass mode and a saxophone mode and a clarinet mode, and then like I'll find whatever kind yeah, of works which the one best. Sends, which one sends Just kind of sit back in the mix and kind of put stuff over the top of the key. The, the keyboard will play the keyboardist will play the piano parts, and I'll play yeah. that, those parts. Um, we're doing Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Bullets of Fire, um, which again 
live versions have saxophones and trumpets and trombones and brass sections. Yeah. There's not particularly any guitar. Like, I could throw a like blues 12 bar rhythm over the top, but it's yeah, you'd not probably needed. just be the piano is kind of doing that already. Yeah, you'd be doing like accents and 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 as 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 good as that is, if you've got the ability to be able to do a horn section, that's probably taking precedent over yeah. So I completely get it, completely get it. Yeah, and there's a few other songs where like there's very little or no guitar that like I can either throw like and the the best thing is like for the end of Mr. Blue Sky, you can blend in your clean and dry, uh, a dry signal and ah. uh, the affected signal, so I can put a choral because the, uh, the bum, 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 keyboard bum, 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 guy will have to do the string section, bum, and I can bum, put the bum, bum, bum. yeah, I can put like a, a, a yeah. choral kind of thing, you know, like that you've got that whole yeah. chorus thing in the background, so I can I can do that whilst he does the kind of the the orchestral sounds, or we'll do it the other way, and I can do the orchestral sounds, and he can do the the yeah the, the choral, choral sounds. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll find a way, but yeah, um, it, it just kind of. Everything that I was thinking about, I was like, yeah, and I can have that on, and I can do this. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm going to get one. Um, and, like, it, there are some crap sounds that, don't get me wrong, it's yeah. not the easiest thing in the world to dial in. Yeah. Um, you can get some very terrible sounds. Yeah. But if you take your time with it, and you have to adapt your playing, like... You can't just play like a guitarist because you will just get yeah. It just sounds like a guitar with with a crap synth over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they say that in the videos, don't they? They like in in all of the uh, the videos for these things, they show like the, the the demo guy who's absolutely fantastic. How he's doing like weird inversion chords and stuff to make it sound more authentic. Yeah, um, and that's it. And you, for for a lot of stuff, you need to be quite staccato. You can't just kind of like yeah. ring ring out. And you know, if you want those kind of like very kind of flashy, like yeah, very quick stuff, you need to be very staccato. You can't just play like a guitarist where you keep your left hand on and just strum. You've got to make sure you you're deadening notes in between and hmm. doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, the, there's some great sounds you can get out of it. Uh, what I'm what I'm getting from this conversation is that the the Mel Nine is doing doing something which the whole the whole premise of this podcast is about and the whole premise of kind of guitar culture is about and where we we get obsessed over like bits of gear and we we often lose sight about why um, and it's the way that you're talking about that that Mel Nine about like being excited to try the stuff and and making you want to pick up your guitar and practice and, and, and discover some new stuff. That is exactly what what all of this shit that we talk about is about. It is yeah. it is completely that, isn't it? It is. It, it, that's exactly it. It was just kind of like, I've, I've always wanted to try one. I've now got a reason to try one. And I spent, like, like I say, it arrived at 4 o'clock this afternoon and it's probably been plugged in since about 4.15. <laughs> And then yeah. they had, like I, I spent a good four hours on it. Then realised I needed to have some food before the podcast started. Had a little bit of food, but yeah, like they, like I say, there's so many different sounds in there. It's it's infinitely tweakable. Like I say, you can run you can run the guitar sound through 
as well as the yeah like a dry through as well as your affected output so yeah it's 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 just a, a cool kind of idea that um and i think it'd be it, it's going to be useful in the band situation it'd be interesting to see how it plays through a, li- a loud valve amp i've been playing it quietly through a 10 inch 10 watt solid state practice amp yeah and if, um, so if I, I haven't been getting yeah. if it's sounding yeah. good through that i mean chances are it'll probably sound good through. but i know what you mean it, the like loud valve amps tend to have a a certain voice don't they yeah and it, it may be that i send the affected out to a, a pa rather, yeah, the the DA, PA yeah. rather than to the board yeah but um that's for me to kind of yeah. look at later for, for now as far as i'm aware it's, it's it's sounding good i'll try it i've got a band practice tomorrow night and um, well i'll try it through the hayden um because the hayden is living at the space where we can practice um at the moment so i'll try it through that and then eventually once we get gigging um just coming around faster than i thought like <laughs> all our plans had been november 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 we'll aim for november we'll aim for yeah. november and then got offered a gig in september that we've accepted <laughs> i mean that uh, september's almost november um yeah apart from the fact that like it's it's the second weekend in september which means we've basically got nine weeks <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, but we, not. We, we've, I suppose we've got like ten tracks already, so yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. And like, like we all said, look, if 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 we put the effort in, it's doable. Yeah. Therefore, if we have this, it'll motivate us to put the effort in. Yeah, yeah, that, having a goal. Mean that yeah. I have to stop. I have to stop messing around with the Mellotron, <laughs> making sounds for stuff yeah, weird that, space like, sounds. I, I, in, instead of playing Stairway to Heaven, which is not in the set list. I should probably try and find the sounds that I actually need. Yeah. But at the same time, it's awesome that I can just kick this pedal in and play the intro to Stairway and have the organ playing, the, the Meltron playing in the background as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's inspiring, isn't it? It's inspiring. Um yeah. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty pretty hefty bit of. Uh, Pretty hefty bit of stuff you've been doing, but you you reminded me of something um, that that we we haven't done in a in a while. Um, oh crap! I've just seen the date as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you've you figured it out. So yeah, I still haven't done the ACDC one. I've learned it. I just haven't recorded it. The yeah. whiskey in the jar. I have again. I've done and I learned. I learned it note for note. But I've forgot it since, so I'll need to relearn it. Uh, <laughs> because I learnt it in an afternoon, and I already know it. Well, I already knew most of it, but I'd learnt certain yeah. bits differently. So I have to go back to the original video that I, I played it from and le- like relearn those those bits again. Uh, but yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't take too long. I should be able to do them when I get a spare moment. However, we are new month, new song. So okay, no, um, yeah, I, I, all I need to do is sit down and record "Whiskey in the Jar" um, yeah. because I've, I've played it at band practice twice now. Oh, fair so play. I, so you've, you've, I, you've I, got it down. Yeah, I'm not quite note for note, but as near as damn it. Yeah, like as, as near as near as makes no difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's Eric Bell, and and he's he's often overlooked um, as a 
as a guitarist because I mean Thin Lizzy had some some pretty monstrous players. Uh Gary Moore being one of them. I mean and and when you're standing in the same um same area as Gary Moore then <laughs> like it's easy to be overshadowed but there was um there was a, a a concert that Gary Moore put on called uh, Gary Moore and Friends, where he played a tribute to Phil Lynott. Yeah, and when he he got the other guys up, so he got up Brian and he got up Scott. Um, he would play rings around them. He he, or he was almost like he was asserting his dominance. It's like he was pissing on them. Uh, <laughs> And he, he was just like pulling out these, pulling out all of the stops. Um, when Eric Bell came out to play Whiskey, and he actually sang it as well. Um, I think they shared actually. Um, when Eric Bell came out, Gary Moore like pulled it back, and it just showed that, like, even Gary had some respect for the chap. Yeah. Like whenever yeah, you I see, mean, like, whenever you see Gary well, uh, play with BB. As well, he does exactly the same, and it's not like okay, here's me playing a billion, billion miles a second. Here's here's what the song needs. Yeah, and it's that mark of respect. And I, I think I think Bell deserves it. Like the the whiskey in the jar solo is pretty much perfect for the song. Like the it's not overpowering everything. It's not full of holes that could have been filled with extra it's just the right amount of everything isn't it yeah i mean it's 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 chopped full of little bits of technique where it's like okay yeah i can see where you've got got that i and i wouldn't have thought of that but it's just it's 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 almost like a little lick bag but it's not to a point where it's it's like when you listen to malmstein and he's just throwing everything at it. <laughs> it, yeah. it there's there's restraint there and there's musicality as well and and eric bell's playing there's a lot of that yeah, yeah. so we've uh, we've tiptoed around the subject we still need to choose a song don't we we do and i've just briefly had a look through the list of songs that i've got to learn for the band go on and in terms of stuff with like massive solos that are iconic, there's not really anything. Okay. Um, with the exception of one song, which I, I like, is going to take me far more than a month to learn. Okay, and um, just I, just out of interest, what is that song? Because I can edit uh, the crap out of this where this doesn't even happen. So that that one song is the album version of "Bat Out of Hell." It's a song that I don't know too well. Um, I, I obviously I, I know the song, but I don't I, I don't know that I could sing the. So so, so the album version is nine and a half minutes, and there's no repeats, and it's mostly lead work. Um. <laughs> okay okay uh, so it's not really a pr- it's not like you know let's learn a, a 45 second solo yeah. from whiskey in the jar it's nine minutes of lead work where like at the moment all i'm doing is listening to the track because yeah you need to get that in your head yeah until i've got all of the melodies in the right order in my head 
I will like I could I could learn the different phrases, and when it comes to playing them, I'll be like, I don't know what comes next. Yeah. So, so, so what do we do? What song do we do? Because we've done we've done a lot of Thin Lizzy, and I could I could easily rattle off another like five or six Thin Lizzy tracks that I I want to learn. Um. In fact, let's do that. <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a choice of of uh, of maybe two, okay, and and you you choose, okay. So yeah. I think uh, first one is a song, another Eric Bell song called Philomena. Uh, it's it's kind of like Irish folk inspired, and I. Th- um, I don't think there's many tabs out there, so I think it'll be a case of like learn that shit by ear. Okay. Or, or, and I think this one, this one's not necessarily like solo work too much. It's just the riffs are a pain in the ass. Um, suicide, um, which it like modulates through three different keys, and there's a lot of, um. Sixteenth uh, note um, kind of runs. It might be eighth note actually. So yeah, it's up to you, man. Right. Okay. Um, let's go for suicide. Okay. Okay. I mean, it might be that's that might be a uh, an apt <laughs> <laughs> an apt one to go for for, the, for this uh, this one. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, so we go for if Loads of like eighth or sixteenth note runs. Then it'll improve my technique anyway. So there you go. It, it'll improve mine as well because it you can't get around it without picking it. It has to be picked. It can't. You can I suppose you can do, but it it sounds like it's picked because it's all it's all very precise and yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll learn it properly and I'll I'll do it. Um, I think yeah because. I don't think there's a solo in it, but the middle section is the bit that we're probably going to focus on where it does do the um, runs running through uh, through the riff in in a couple of different keys. So yeah, we'll we'll do that. That's that's all good. So there you go, listeners. Another one which I'll I'll fail to record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> suicide by Thin Lizzy, and um, again, live and dangerous version because it's. Faster and better. Uh, <laughs> no, I think th- I don't think there's much difference between the um, between the album version and the live version. Whereas with Thin Lizzy, sometimes there's there's a world of difference between the two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, I did some stuff this week, so I think. Um, our, our job of uh, everything, Joseph. Uh, he's he's got to win this week because he's uh, he do, he does his little game where he sees if he can get to work before we get to any news. You you've you've won, mate. Just is <laughs> already happening. You'll be on the way. You'll probably you'll probably be at home on the way home before we get to. The news. That's it. You, you'll have a good a good maybe two or three journeys out of this, mate. So so buckle in. Um, so what have I been up to? Let's let's see what I've done. Um, very briefly, I so 
a couple of weeks ago when we did the cast together, I mentioned I was learning some horrible songs. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky, which we mentioned earlier, was one of them, um, which I had an absolutely great uh, keyboard player who <laughs> took the strain on that one. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't have, to, didn't have to learn much fancy stuff. I was just, did you do mostly power chords? Uh, no, I mean, it was, it was full chords, but it was, I mean, the outro was very much him. Uh, <laughs> Were you just doing the dug, dug, it, dug, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, was. I was very much leaning on that. I was doing like the slashes as well, so like the the D flat, D flat yeah. with an E flat, D flat, E flat, A flat. Uh, yeah, but he was he was doing a lot of the the fanciness. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I I played the gig. Um, it was a, a weird little outdoor thing. It was nice and cool. It was, a, it was on a lovely day. Looked as if it was going to piss it down, but it didn't. Um, but it was it was like a warm day, so it was like nice outdoor kind of vibey thing. Um, took the Black Star HT5 because I, I was told that it was it weren't a particularly um, massive thing and that everything was going to go through the PA anyway. So it's like yeah, cool. Um, we did have some sound issues because the PA that they provided was um, like suboptimal. Um, yeah, I think like <laughs> optimal if you're doing like public address rather than any actual like music going through it. It could have it could have uh, handled a backing track. It couldn't handle um, <laughs> what was something like six musicians and a choir. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that was that was a that was an issue, um, but yeah. So the HT five uh, came out, um, and I've been falling in love with it a little bit more recently because I've been using it like uh, like here and there, and I use it on a couple of the demos that I've done uh, recently, and it's it's sounding good. Um, but I really got to crank the bollocks off it, and. It sounds so, so good. So good. So, uh, the way that I had it set wasn't like everything at everything at 12. Um, it was like the, the gain was probably like maybe on the, the two or three mark. And then the, the volume was where I was, I was cranking it. And with that, it was, it was, beautiful and open sounding and really dynamic and you you dug in and got got real grit and if you played lightly you got that kind of breaking up kind of small combo breaking up tone and it, it just sounded great it sounded like it it blew me away how good this thing sounded um so yeah lots of love for the uh the ht5 and this is the HT5 without the reverb as well, so that's a, a summon special. <laughs> I mean, like, to be fair, most people don't use their amp reverb when they've got it anyway, do they? And, and, yeah, it's exactly that. And with this with this gig as well, I didn't I didn't bring any pedals, I just went straight to amp, which is it's a brave step for me, because, I mean, that's not even using a tuner, which, that's brave. <laughs> But I took I took number one telly, so I knew I knew that shit was on lockdown. Yeah. Um and yeah, it it just it was it was a 
considering the, the sound issues, it was a good gig. And yeah, the HT5 absolutely held its own. I loved it. Loved it so much. Um, the gig happened to be uh, not too far away from where Fletch lives. And um, <laughs> because the rehearsals were up that, that end as well. I, uh, on the way to one of the rehearsals just before the gig, I gave Fletch a call and went, I remember you saying that you've, uh, that you've fitted my, uh, my flying V out. Uh, any chance I could come pick that up? And he was like, yes, yes, there is. Um, <laughs> so I went to see Fletch uh, last week and picked up my Flying V, which now has what are coined super blends, um, which is amazing. Um, and he also handed me a weird old 70s Les Paul copy, a Japanese Les Paul copy. Uh, it's all right, I'm not going to shop it into Gibson. Um <laughs> Uh, and it was it had some some strange Fletch concoctions in. They looked like gold foils, um, but do not sound like gold foils because they actually sound decent. Um, so let's talk about the flute, the super blends to start off with. What's different about them? Fletch did describe to me that there was a difference between them, and I think it was the the wire gauge um, going from like whereas the usual blends are like the 0.42 gauge and point like it goes 0.42 to 0.43 or something like this. He said like they these these ones were 0.43 to 0.44 or something. It, it it's it means very little to me. Um, essentially, in in guitarist terms, it they've got um, a a push push pot uh, for each of the volumes um, and. What it does is it gives you more. Uh, so you've got your you've got your regular mode, your your regular blend mode, which is a slightly slightly hotter than a regular blend, but it's kind of that territory, uh, kind of classic PIF, a little bit hotter because it's a V, and you know V's are silly, and you've got to be silly with the, the V. You've got to be silly with your V. Uh, yeah, I, I just heard what I said then. I, I just heard it. <laughs> As I was saying it, I, just, I, I heard it myself. Um, but yeah, you, you, you're playing with your V and, and you, you, you're rocking out. You, you're getting in the groove. Um, and and that spinal tap moment where you, everything's at 10. But where, it's not quite enough. Yeah. You need that push over the cliff, but where do you go? 11. Eleven is where you go, and these uh, these pickups have an inbuilt eleven. So you uh, <laughs> you hit down on that button, and then it gives you it gives you that push over the the cliff. It gives you a Marshall at eleven. Um. So, so yeah, they're uh, they're exciting. Uh, they will definitely be making an appearance on my uh, on my channel when I get a chance. Uh, it's when I get a chance to do them justice because uh, this is not going to be a case where I'm just going to like throw up a phone mic and and just have me noodling. I'm, I'm going to do these ones with like proper microphone technique and all this jazz. Maybe cranking the bollocks off the HC5 again and uh, see if, see if I can really annoy the neighbours. I'm sure you can. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can almost guarantee I will. Um, so yeah, I've. I've I've played those super blends, and I, I will be putting some. Even if I can't get some uh, some 
quality footage out soon. I'll I'll do some Instagrammy stuff. Um, the the gold foils I only got chance to play during uh, during a rehearsal, and I got like ten minutes to play them. Uh, but the they they like I say they they look like gold foils, but they're not really gold foils. They've got a, a, a switching on them as well, which uh, Fletch described to described them to me as like when the when the switch is in, they'll almost sound kind of telecastery and really single coily. It's like interesting, and then you you plunk it on and it sounds humbuckery. Um, I don't think I played with the switch, but the the pickup sounded clear, uh, bright, but without being brittle, and just just pretty good, like. I was happy with them, uh, so I can't wait to uh, explore those a little bit more. He also um, uh, handed me a couple of de- um, pedals that he got in a trade uh, and says, do what you will with these. Um, one of which um, is a pedal that I think there are only like three in existence. Um so oh, it, okay. it's a, it's a Tate effects pedal. It's a really early Tate effects pedal, and it's called the Power Amp Distortion. So it's it's based it's based loosely off the uh, the Acapulco Gold, um, but it's with a couple of his tweaks, and it's it's an, uh, a one knob fuzz. So I think like this is where he kind of got inspiration for for going going to the. Uh, the raise the dead although the raise the dead's not uh not the same circuit at all it but it seems like a more uh a more refined sound the raise the dead does this is just raw gnarly gurness <laughs> raw gnarly gurness yeah so <laughs> these two pedals and i'm not going to name and shame the other pedal um but I plugged the other pedal in, played it a little bit. It was like, yeah, cool. You can get a sound out of it. I'll tweak about with it a bit more. Yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much the sound that you get there. This is this is where it sounds good, and everything else is wanting to go back to that original sound that you get. Because the uh, the um, tight one is just one knob, and it's literally just like make it louder. There's you you can't fuck the sound up you you just you've you've got what you've got um but i found like i I played that other pedal for 10 minutes trying to look for sounds in it i played the tate effects one until i had to stop until i knew that i had (laughs) i had no more time because i had to go and be a, a responsible adult uh so that's a that's a testament to that and i was i i found like a really cool little uh, trick feature, whatever you'd uh, deem it. My uh, my good old buddy, the Mojo Mojo, running into the front end of the power amp distortion is an absolutely divine sound. <laughs> I mean, what kind of idiot would think this is a broken ass fuzzy sound? Let's hit it with more gain. Um. <laughs> But that's this guy, and uh, I'm glad that I did because it sounded amazing. <laughs> um, and we are 
we are running close to the end of the podcast. I think I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> we'll do our room 101. <laughs> and if we've got a little bit of time, we'll do a bit of news. So room 101 is a, a feature that we did on episode 101. And I thought it was pretty, um, pretty fun. So I've got a couple of uh, things I want to chuck into it. Um, I'm going to start off with, uh, with the first one, which is clip on tuners. So, okay. So hear me out here. Like, up until like a couple of weeks ago where I lost it I had a polytune clip which was amazing um, and worked incredibly and was brilliant I can't find it anymore I remembered that I had uh, some cheaper Chinese uh, clip-on tuners in a bag somewhere which which had to take the 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 place of like tuning on the fly and they, they they just don't quite work. I mean, they they work they work well enough for me to not give up on them and throw them away, but they just don't quite work good enough. <laughs> and it's it it's that kind of where they're on the precipice of if they didn't work a little bit less, I'd throw them. But if they worked a little <laughs> bit more, they'd be really useful. So they're they're like toeing the line. <laughs> Yeah. So they're they're just they're just useful enough that I don't want to throw them away, but I begrudge every moment I'm using to tune using them. Yeah, I I totally know the feeling. I absolutely hate clip-on tuners. I'm actually the other way from you. I just get every single one of them in the fucking sack. They're just like they're okay if you're in a silent room. And you want to get roughly in tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when am I ever, like, when am I ever in a silent room that I want to be roughly in tune? Like, oh, all right, yes, at home. Yeah, do, yeah, look, for, for practice. you know what I use practice. when I'm at home? Yeah, you, for, ho- yeah, for home yeah. practice? I have the Boss tuning app on my phone, and it's as accurate as a clip-on tuner. Yeah, 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 there is that, yeah. So that's what I use for that situation. And as for trying to use one live, as soon as your bassist is plugged in, you ain't tuning a yeah, guitar nah. with one of those. No, no, no. It's not. It's not happening. So you might as well give up and just get a pedal tuner. Yeah, that's it. You need a grown-up tuner. Is what you need. Um, so, like, the caveat with this one is that I I don't want to throw the polytune clip because I think that is a a fantastic piece of kit. Um, and it kind of it defies the logic of all the other clip-on tuners that I've ever tried, uh, but I think I would be willing to throw it in room one hundred and one if I got to throw all of the rest of them into the <laughs> in there. So I think I, I think yeah. I, I think I am. I think I'm going to throw them in. Sorry, Polly June. Yeah, do that. And like I say, if you want something to replace the Polly June, just get the box. It's a free Boss TU3 app. Indeed, and you can get the skin for the Wazacraft version, which doesn't tune any differently, but it makes you think <laughs> it's better. Is there that, you go. That buffered... Uh, <laughs> buffered <laughs> the buffered it. picture on your phone. <laughs> <That's> it, <yeah. laughs> I might just do that. I might get the other skin. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. literally just a couple of settings. You just go through the settings and then like skin mode and then you, 
it's it's good. It really is. Go on, Matt. Have you got a have you got a, a gripe that you want to get off your chest this week? Just trying to think of things that I want to throw in the the room one hundred and one. I'm gonna go for the Vox, for the Fender Blues Junior. Okay, yeah. We shit on it all the time, and we do, we do. I I played another one last week. Yeah. Um, and it was fucking awful. And the guy has had some work. To, so I, I mentioned, I don't know whether I mentioned on a cast or whether I mentioned to the guys in the group that I'd seen somebody play one that sounded brilliantly and what he'd done is replaced everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I saw one in TT and the guy had literally, he'd ripped the circuit board out, replaced everything on the circuit board. He'd replaced the speaker. He'd replaced it. Basically, he wanted to build his own amp and just use the, the casing yeah, of a... The blues, uh, the blues junior to do it. They're a, they're a lovely size. They're a, they're a fantastic size for a combo because they're they're compact, and everything is it's uh, it's space efficient. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I played another one last week because I was around a friend's house and he has a blues junior and he's like, oh yeah, I've just had it modded and they've done this and they've done that and it sounds dreadful. Like it's just brittle and glassy and just. I oh, and he's like all he's got is strats and tellies as well, and he always plays on the bridge pickup and oh. like the bridge, bridge bridge pickup of a strat through the Blues Junior is possibly the worst sound in the world. Yeah, like I mean the the like, bridge pickup of a strat oh. on its own is it's a pretty difficult Unique. sound, isn't it? It's it works in certain situations if you put some gain on it. It smoothens out a little bit, and you're getting kind of you. You can get some kind of classic rock territory, but on its own, unless you're playing something like some like proper like fifties rock and roll or some like surf music, maybe then it can get to fuck. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it can get really tough book. And if you pair that up with the Blues Junior, which in and of itself is a very, very bright amplifier. Yeah. That that does sound like tonal hell. For me, and like he loves it and he's like raving it and I just can't fucking stand it. Probably because after a certain while of that, you wipe out all of the top end of your hearing anyway, so you just <laughs> so can't hear it. Hear- <laughs> yeah, sounds brilliant. This does. Yeah, he's hearing the rest of the frequencies. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It only hears from like the mid range upwards. Yeah, it sounds it sounds really thick and full. No, it doesn't. It sounds it sounds like ice picks going it like directly into your ear balls, which is a thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do one more. I'm gonna do one more. Okay. Um and this this one is an aesthetic thing more than uh more than anything. Um and I'm kind of on the fence as well because sometimes it works, but white pick card and plastics on a strap. So white pit guard with the white plastics on a strap. Yeah. And the reason why and why I think I detest it 
is because it reminds me of all of the cheap, shitty, like, 90 quid Argos special guitars. All of them have that same, that aesthetic, don't they? They have a, like, brilliant white pick guard. It's all very fresh and new. And yeah. it's just, unfortunately, it's rubbed off onto whenever I see a Fender with that. If I if I see a, a guitar that I know is a decent guitar and it's got these think, brilliant white finish, yeah, I think... You think yeah. it looks like an Encore? Yeah, that looks shit. <laughs> or, like, the only, literally the only thing that needs to be changed about it, you can keep the white guard just, at, like, slightly aged... Uh, age pickup surrounds and uh, uh, pickup covers and, and and knobs, just that little change where they're slightly creamed. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. They as soon as they lose the brilliant white sheen, they're great. Now, personally, I'd fuck the white Pratt scratch plate off completely and replace it with literally any other colour <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about white scratch plates for me white scratch plates can go in room 101 I just I've I've never ever been a fan with the exception of red guitars yeah 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 red guitar with a white scratch plate I can just about get on with everything else it needs to be at least age white personally I like black scratch plate on, on a strat style I like a black scratch plate with white or slightly off white pickup covers I, yeah, I like yeah. that look yeah I'm down with that I'm down with that look but I mean you could literally do it with anything like like whatever whatever the colour of the of the strat say like be a black strat if you put black with the, the cream cream uh, plastics looks fantastic do it on a um do it on a, a, a sunburst, black, aged plastics looks fantastic. Do, yep. do it, switch it up. Take the take the black guard, torque guard, black black strat, torque guard, aged plastics looks beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean I can get on board with it. I, I personally would prefer the black, but I totally get the 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 torque guard and like you say, torque on sunburst, torque on a black guitar especially on a strat yeah, yeah. with the white pickups or the, the aged white pickups and knobs yeah i'm 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 on board yeah and like it like even with uh, with like fiesta reds and the the slightly brighter red as well that candy apple red yeah they they they're like flake though aren't they the candy apple like either of those metallic uh sorry um anodized gold guards look yeah. fan fucking tastic yeah there's just yeah. there's just so many times that I look at like a white uh strat strats usually with white guards and just go there's a better option than that i d- i don't want like for the amount of money it costs which is yeah. in reality if you're making your own pick guards and you've got the, the the templates and the stamps and the the the, the CAD system to, to make your own scratch plates the difference between a white guard and anything else is probably 15 to 20 pence and 
I guarantee I'd have bought more strats than I have done had they not had white guards on them. And that's that's the uh, that's that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Um, I will I will I'll uh, put this out there though. Yeomans has bought. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because I don't think he's told his missus. Um, but not so long back, a couple of months back, he bought a. Uh, I think it was a fifties, fifties strat, like a, a made in Mexico fifties strat with nitro lacquer. I can't remember what they what they called the uh, what they called the series, but it's like the nitro lacquer fifties one. And I think that's got a single ply white guard on it, and that looks pretty classy. But I think the pickups are aged. The uh, like the 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 the, um, the plastics on it are aged, um, and it's got a, it's like proper amber tint neck as well. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there are certain situations, but almost always, almost always. <laughs> There is a better option than a white guard. Uh, yeah, almost is the is the operative word because there's there's very occasionally. Yeah, and I think for that that slight occasion where where it's um it's the right choice, we can throw it in because there's a lot um a lot of the time where it's not the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we are we're at an hour, but I I feel we owe we owe our listenership some news. So we'll do we'll do the one the one that's more controversial out of the two. <laughs> so news. Um Gibson, we mentioned this on the uh, on the live cast and we mentioned it in detail, so we're not gonna we're not gonna rehash a lot of what um what was mentioned there. However, the saga continues, uh, and this this feels very much like uh, last year or, or the year before, where we were talking about the bankruptcy, and it seemed like every week there was a new thing, <laughs> and they kept us in news for like a, a, a good like five months or something. It feels like it's going to be that, but so Gibson have uh, uh, have have come come out again with a new statement. So just as a kind of recap for those who aren't paying attention, um, Gibson released a video uh, titled Play Authentic and that basically pissed everyone pissed everyone off <laughs> because it was pointing at, pointing at companies and TV execs and it was pointing at people and going, we're going to get you. Um I mean, I, I watched the video and didn't really get get that vibe, but that's almost what what the public um, took from the video. And then the 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 week uh, within the within the week of that video being released and then unreleased, uh, there was a lawsuit to Dean um, over the, the the V and the Z and the the headstock shape copyright. Um, and yeah. and there's there's been some uh, some further further notes on that, haven't there? But um, we're we're going to be talking about what uh, what Gibson have uh, released recently. So you've got you've got a bit more info on this, haven't you, Matt? 
Yeah, so um, just as kind of a thing, I'm not sure where the idea that the the Dean lawsuit was issued after the video. The Dean lawsuit's yeah. been going on since 2017. Um, yeah. As far as I've had a look at online, there hasn't been an update on it in a while. What happened was that video dropped and then people started scanning the internet and looking for stuff. And then news article news outlets started writing articles saying Gibson are now going after Dean Guitars and their parent company Armadillo yeah. Trading or whatever it is. Um, Gibson hadn't done anything after the video. That's all been done in the past. It just so happens that it kind of yeah it coincided in a very inappropriate time for them. Yeah, yeah like the, the the video made people go and have a look and see what's happening basically as far as I can tell. Yeah. I might be wrong there might have been some sort of like resolution or whatever but I couldn't see anything new on this case at all. So um, and then uh just just to interject there a little bit. Um there was a ruling in the European court apparently. Um and I can't tell you sources and I can't tell you uh, where where this info has come from, but I, I read it on the internet, and I know that's like the journalistic uh, equivalent <laughs> of going. My mate told me, um, yeah. <laughs> but there was a there was a ruling that the copyright for uh, the the V shape and the the Z shape uh, yeah. has been thrown out of court in 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 the European courts only. Yeah, but that was that came out after all these news articles because that was only the very end of last week. So that, I think that was after the last cast that you where you yeah it was um, after, yeah I think sure. it was literally like yeah. a day after, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that has happened. So in the U, in the European Union, which <laughs> Britain is still technically kind of in, but we'll, let's not get into we'll, that. We'll, we'll close that box back up. <laughs> So in Europe, at the moment, you can't, can't you, sorry, you can't trademark a V shape or a Z shape, the explorer shape for yeah. people who don't know what a Z shape is. Um, you can't trademark those body shapes. They they've been around for so long, and there are other distinguishing features about the guitars. So the the European courts have thrown it out and said no, you cannot challenge anybody making these shapes because. There are other distinguishing features about the guitar that people can pick up on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's and then I think it was Monday of this week. Uh, so last Monday, as you're listening to this, yeah. Um, Gibson then released a statement on the, this kind of issue. They they realised they've made a bit of a faux pas with that play authentic video, um, and I. Th- I think the Play Authentic video wasn't in any way going after Dean or going after any of the big manufacturers. To me, the sound of what they were saying was... the I, I thought they were aiming for the Chinese Gibsons, you know, the, the actual illegal guitars that have got Gibson written on them but aren't Gibsons. That, what, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. And it felt like they're saying, look, this has gone on long enough. And the statement that they released kind of is along the same lines. They talk about the fact that they've they've been to court on over 4,500 cases in the last... I think it says... 12, uh, two, in 2018... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they went to court and successfully dealt with over 4,500 cases 
the counterfeit or knockoff guitars coming from overseas. Yeah, so yeah. This, these are guitars with Gibson written on them, the same shape headstock, proposing, pro- like saying that they are Gibsons when they're actually not. And I think that's what this Play Authentic was about. I think it, they were trying to encourage people to look at the provenance of a guitar yeah, yeah. rather than just go, oh, look, it says Gibson on it, I'll just buy it. Yeah. Um, and, like, as much as it's annoying for Gibson when somebody buys one because they don't get any money out of it, actually, it ruins Gibson's brand because if you pick up a shit guitar from China that's got Gibson on the headstock and you think it's a Gibson and you, fi- and you find it crap to play... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to complain about Gibson guitars. You're not going to complain about Chinese knockoffs, are you? Yeah. So I, I, I get where they're coming from. I think they were very heavy-handed with the way they did it, and they didn't think about it. Um, the other things that they've they've said in the the statement that they've kind of released, there's there's a, a whole. I think it's a three-page A4 document, but the the main basic points are. That's what they're going after is the the rogue overseas companies yeah, yeah. that are trying to. Basically, saying that you're buying a Gibson when you're not. Um, they also said that they're trying to. Um, they've made several attempts to communicate with Dean directly um, to try and avoid a long, prolonged legal battle. And uh, Gibson have genuine intentions of constructive resolution that could be beneficial to both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a very small part of a, a, a massive. Like I say, it's a three-page document. But that, to me, is them explaining that the the Dean thing is something totally separate. Yeah, we're not attacking. We the the video was not a go at Dean guitars. The video was a go at the Chinese copies with Dean. We want to work with them. It sounds to me like they're saying Dean are not at the moment trying to be cooperative. Whether that's just my inter- I mean, that is just my interpretation. Whether yeah. that's what's happening or not, I'm not sure. Um, but it it to me sounds like the the dean thing is more you're using our shapes you're you like i think the modern headstock is the the one that they're yeah, saying that yeah. dean are using isn't it um which is not a headstock i i i wouldn't know it if it was in front of me right now <laughs> yeah think of the dean headstock <laughs> I, I, what, the, the point the, the point yeah that's the one yeah oh is that a, it's i didn't realize gibson had done yeah, yeah. So it's it's the it's, inverted v. it's it's very yeah, like essentially like a small flying V at the top of the guitar as well. Um, Why? Yeah, I, I didn't realize that was a thing. Like, G- yeah, Gibson Gib- had ever done Gibson's ver- Yeah, the modern. It was uh, like a sixties invention when it, it was um, very short lived and wasn't incredibly popular. Um, <laughs> same with the Corvus as well. I think was a, a similar shape, uh, which. Not in terms of like how they looked, but a similar shape that was trialed and and not uh, not yeah. fondly loved. Um, but yeah, the, the modern had it was is a slightly softer shape, but it's it's very much in the same vein as the the Dean head stuff. Yeah, then I, then I totally get because obviously it, previous lawsuits have said that the headstocks can be trademarked. Yeah, yeah. So if you want if you want to telecast a tra- uh, shaped headstock. You contact Fender and you license it. Yeah. Which is why so many brands do have the Telecaster style headstock or the Strat style headstocks because they've contacted Fender and they've got a license to be able to produce guitars. Now, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, Gibson do not license their headstocks. I can't think of any non Gibson guitars that have the yeah, Gibson the open book. book or the mustache as, uh, as Agnesi. Agnesi. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't think of anything that's there, and I, I'm not aware of any cases where they have license. But it might be something that they're open to doing. It might be something that might be one of the resolutions they propose to yeah, Dean. Possibly. We don't know. Possibly. Where, we're in the dark about that case because obviously it's. It, I, I would suggest that it's probably all they're trying to settle out of court at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a court case if if they can't settle out of court. If they settle out of court, we're never going to know what what the conversation was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could have. It yeah, it could have been all nicey, nicey, positive stuff, and it just so happens that we've just picked up on the fact that they've tried to trademark stuff a bit late by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, I mean. It it comes down to journalism, doesn't it? And and uh, the 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 head honchos of of Dean and the uh, the guys at Gibson having a nice little polite chat won't get as many people to read your article as uh, heated debates and uh, yeah and lawsuits, will it? Yeah, ex- and that's and that's it, and that's a big part of issues as much with society as it is with just guitar journalism it's it's journalism in general isn't it you write the story that yeah people want to hear sells the most yeah. not the actual truth yeah. and that's that's why the world is in the state that it's in at the moment yeah um, being in a, a society where information can be published instantaneously yeah and shared it's it then there's no regulation on on news then is a yeah and that's one of the problems but like bringing it all back around to the, to the the statement that Gibson released so to me everything is more positive i was when the when the when the video first dropped i was like i'll, I'll never buy a new gibson ever I just I won't even contemplate it now. I'll, I'll pick it second hand. I don't mind because the money's not going to Gibson; it's going to the person yeah, who yeah. bought it. Um, but I think I think that was probably an overreaction on my behalf. And I think having, unlike most people, I went out and had a look. And like I say, the the Dean stuff is two years old, so it's it's pre this management. It's and I don't think the play authentic was actually anything to do with that. I think they were aiming at the Chinese stuff, but um, the the. The kind of final stuff that was at the end of the statement um, was oh, the statement from the, JC himself, was it? Yeah, the um, it's it's actually I'm going to read the whole paragraph out because it, it it to me sounds a lot more positive than what everybody's interpreting. Okay, so yeah. it says the the recent situation has led the team to reevaluate their approach going forward, with the intention of finding more constructive solutions to managing brand protection in the industry. Over the past few weeks, Gibson has made significant progress in reducing counterfeit attacks, and they have entered into creative collaboration agreements with key boutique guitar, key boutique guitar makers and other related industry parties, a clear indication of their intentions going forward. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's all positive. And they're, they're not saying that there'll be any more of these legal battles. They're not saying that they, they're going after any people they are looking to collaborate and i don't think they're looking to collaborate in the way that i don't know whether mark agnesi was drunk when he made the video or whether he was having a bad day but he he basically made it sound like come to us and 
give us some money and we'll let you collaborate with us and we'll let you use our instruments in in your TV show or in your film or <laughs> I mean that that is your interpretation of it okay it, uh, it, it's yeah it's it's, it, it's uh, not a, a hard and fast rule of what yeah what no no not at all but like I think what this is trying to say is look we want to be open and collaborative and we don't mind people using our body shapes just talk to us before you do it yeah, yeah. and body shapes I think like you, you're probably sixty years too late with that. Give up on body shapes and just go for, you know, if you want to collaborate with us in any way, just let us know, and and we'll try and do something with you. With, you know, the the music industry is going to be better for more collaboration, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yes. Without, I think a lot of people have been kind of, um been touting the word bully about quite a lot and I don't think any industry with a, uh, a a market leader who is seen as a bully leads to any anything like anything good and any free creativity because when we get like when we get creativity that's not uh not defined by rules that's where we start seeing actually true creativity isn't it rather than the creativity within bounds um yeah and it's it ends up you you end up getting more interesting uh more interesting shapes appear and more interesting concepts and more interesting takes on uh on 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 classic stuff as well um yeah i mean it's sounding um it's sounding positive, and in this situation, what I like to do, I like to use uh, the guitar geek as a barometer um, for how to feel essentially about the situation. Um, and when the first uh, play authentic video came out, he he almost kind of knee jerk reaction released a video, uh, which was essentially, uh, and this is me paraphrasing. Uh, Gibson uh, doing stupid things. This makes me sad. Um, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll run with that." Um, and and now he's he's released another a video after the after their like, redaction, uh, and it's Gibson have apologised. This makes me less sad. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna run with that. Boiling it down yeah. to like a very, very simple point, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think I'm I'm okay with that. Um, and looking at the time that we're on, I think that's probably where we're gonna where we're gonna wrap it for today. And the phrase that I wanted to get into today's episode that I, I haven't snuck in anywhere was a kick in the dick. <laughs> uh, and. I, I don't. I don't think we got it there. Um, I don't think it can be the episode title today. I don't know. Maybe it can. no. I don't think it can, which is a bit of a shame. But like, and to be like, it's a real kick one, in the dick. That is, isn't it? it? It is a real kick in the dick. But last week's one could have been a kick in the dick because, be, like, Gibson have been very slow for this statement to come out. That's that's. I think my biggest criticism is they released the play authentic video. They pulled it because they realised that it was not yeah, in good in, taste. In bad taste, yeah. And then they buried their head in the sand, is what it felt like. Yeah, it took them a um, long time for this response, didn't it? 
but it's a yeah, carefully crafted response, isn't it? It's 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 one which every word in that response has been thought about as not to exacerbate the um, the anger and, and pour any more fuel onto the flames. I think it was a clever move. It was a clever move. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you want to catch us online, we are frequent uh, frequenters of the Fret Talk podcast group. Uh, as Matt said, he released a video in there today. Uh, we often post stupid stuff in there as well as kind of some uh, some stuff that uh, links to the podcast. So like uh, getting your topics on there and some kind of post podcast chat as well. So if we've put a, uh, a topic in here, which we want to continue on, we'll throw it in the, uh, in the podcast group as well. And it's always good to kind of hear the, the listeners, uh, what you guys think of, uh, of, of the direction of the podcast. Cause it's, it is all for you. Uh, yes, you, the, the one listening there in your car, bus, solitude of your own self is for you um uh, but if you also want to catch me online <laughs> it's making matt giggle if you want to catch me online it is facebook in fact if you want to catch me or matt sometimes online it is facebook.com slash budget pedal chap instagram.com slash budget pedal chap or this is where you'll find matt sometimes with budget pedal matt which is definitely a thing <laughs> um on youtube.com slash budget pedal chap there are two budget pedal map videos out so go check them out because they are awesome and feel free to to check out some of my stuff as well uh as soon as i can there will be more stuff i am uh working hard at the moment doing some work with the guys over at pedal boards of doom so of course go over there uh, youtube.com slash pedal boards of doom and make sure you subscribe and check that out as well because you'll find me uh, like doing some news stuff and some pedal demos as well. Um, Matt, you are heel underscore Matt Q on everything, pretty much. Uh, so we've yep. got like Twitch, we've got Twitter, Instagram, all all yep. this good stuff. Uh, you are in many bands. Uh, you yeah. are you are also in the Bad Bookers podcast as the Matt Coin of that uh, particular podcast as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I say I'm in the Bad Bookers podcast. Unfortunately, work situations mean, like, my appearances have gone from, like, for the first six months of this year, I was on every episode, mm-hmm. and I haven't been on one since, like, the second week in June. Um, I, I do still write for the website. Um, I, do st- I, I, will, I do still do the predictions when the pay-per-views are up, and I will... When I'm not working on a Thursday night, I will be on the podcast. There'll be a couple of days in June where I'm on the podcast, but it, it's it's not one where we can shift record. Like, luckily, I've I've got you as a wonderful person who will shift recording nights depending on when I'm working. Yeah. Um, with the way the wrestling world is, we're reacting to things that happen on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, so okay. we have to record the podcast on Thursday because otherwise it's out of date. Um. Which just means that that's a fixed night, and if I'm not, if I'm working that night, I can't can't be on it. Uh, well, I mean that's 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 sad news. However, I mean you're still involved with the uh, the website and and all this. So yeah. absolutely, if you are if you are a fan of the uh, of the wrestling world, go check out the Bad Bookers podcast. And as we mentioned on the last, uh, not the last live one, but the live one before that. 
the reason we are oh i think it was the last one we are definitely definitely going to get you and sean pierce johnson to have a wrestle <laughs> not talk about wrestling we're going to get you wrestling you two yeah, just, wrestling just have a match yeah um <laughs> There might be jelly. There might be buds. I don't know. I don't know how this wrestling works. Oh, so we go back to nineties wrestling, aren't we? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna do that, and I am still uh, trying to figure out how we can get uh, a collaboration with us and the Tone Jerks podcast because that is definitely going to happen. You have my word here now that that is definitely going to happen. <laughs> Um, it's yeah. just a case of synchronizing schedules. I I will let you set that up because for me, like I'm pretty sure all the times they're recording, I've just finished work and it's probably like I could just, you know, go straight on it. Whereas I don't feel like me on my own would be a fret talk collaboration. I think it has to have the budget pedal chap in it. So I will I will just wait for you to kind of work out timings and i'll just work around work yeah. around you that's got to be my uh, my little summer project that is to get a get a collaboration where we perhaps record a podcast each where we do like a, a fret talk featuring the uh, the tone jerks so and a tone jerk featuring the fret talk maybe i don't know we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what time allows but it's definitely gonna happen maybe sometime soon probably yeah <laughs> that is commitment there uh, listeners, that is surely at some point in the summer holidays, like there'll be a, a day where you can do it. it, even if it means like getting up a little bit early and doing it US time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had a chat with them, and and it seems ultimately plausible based on their their schedule at the moment. So we'll talk more about that uh, after the cast because it's that's that is kind of. <laughs> organization cast there <laughs> which isn't the, the most exciting for anyone um yeah but yeah so um for this week's podcast that has been amazing it's always good fun to talk to matt uh so thank you matt um you're welcome from myself mr budget pedal chap from mr matt coin say bye matt bye matt Whee! um it will be a tatty boy and good night for this week to out of it you can you can hear the music Oh, I love podcasting. So fun. It's so, so fun. Yeah. As if we talked, oh. we talked almost an hour without actually getting through to any actual news. <laughs> so, this one's for you, Joe. <laughs>